Amen? I could do without just a dead ritual. I could do without just a philosophy that sounds good but lacks substance and reality. But, oh, give me a Savior who is alive. Give me one that walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow ways. Give me one that I can pour out my heart to. And I know he's got an ear to hear and a heart that cares. And he's got a voice that he knows how to talk to all of his children. Amen. He might speak to you one way and me another way. But, oh, it's good to know the living God loves us and he talks to us and he encourages us. Well, if you would, on the very first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered His words. Now if you look at verse 13, verse 13, and because a little later in the day, a couple of disciples were taking a walk down a road called disappointment. But Jesus was going to sneak in on their walk, and He was going to turn it all around. Now, the same day, two of them, the very same day, the two of them were walking to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still and their faces were downcast and One of them, Cleopas, asked, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? And you don't know the things that have happened in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. And the chief priests and the rulers, well, they handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped, but we had hoped. That's where we're going to glean our thought this morning. But we had hoped that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They, they, they went to the tomb early in the morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. Now Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning Himself. What a Bible study that must have been. I want to use as our title this morning, The Resurrection and Our Hope. The Resurrection and Our Hope. The Resurrection of Jesus Christ, knowing personally the risen and resurrected Christ, gives the Christians 
and sustains within the Christian one of the most precious resources we have, which is our hope. Our hope is a confident assurance and an expectation towards the future. It's knowing that the best is yet to come. It's knowing that because He lives, we shall live also. Now in our story, these two men are they are walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus and they were discouraged disciples, but they didn't need to be discouraged. They had heard the reports that the tomb was empty and that Jesus was alive, but they didn't believe the report. They had hoped that Jesus would redeem Israel, but their hopes had been shattered. Many times discouragements and disappointments fill us and they fall upon us when God doesn't work the way we thought He should or God doesn't do what we thought He could have done or or would have done. These men had believed that Jesus was the Messiah. They had believed, they had hoped, they had trusted that He was the one that would deliver them from the Roman domination. But the object of their hope had been lifted up on a cruel cross. Crucified by the hands of the very Roman Empire, they thought he was supposed to conquer. So now with heavy hearts and confused minds and frustrated faith, they begin their journey home. The first thought we can say this morning, um, Act 1, the divine conversation, the divine conversation. Verses 13 and 14, as they walk home, they begin talking about everything that happened and how confusing and frustrating and disappointing Um, They're discouraged because they had failed to believe the promises of our Lord. They had failed to believe the testimony of the witnesses that, that heard He is not dead but alive. Therefore, the doubt and the disappointment, the despair began to swallow them up. And, you know, people can, when they lose hope, They can become blinded by discouragement. They can um, begin to get weighed down by disappointments. And verse 21 is that one thought here. They said, but we had hoped that He was the one that was going to change everything. And sometimes people, even good-meaning people, even Christian people, sometimes when life disappoints them, sometimes life frustrates them, Sometimes they get hit with something they didn't see coming or God didn't work the way they wished He would have worked. They say the similar, but we had hoped and we had, and disappointment and discouragement begins to fall on them and weigh them down. And oh, but one man said it like this, hope is one of the most powerful and energizing words of the entire English language. It's something that gives us power to keep going through the tough times. It's something that adjusts our perspective and our vision, elevates our vision, so it's not swallowed up and suffocated by the present pain and frustrations of the things we battle. Hope is that thing which energizes us with expectation and motivation, gives us a a good and godly anticipation that things won't always be like this. They're going to be better because Jesus is alive and He's working in my life. And Hope helps us as we look towards the future. The future that the Bible says for the Christian is a glorious future. Joy unspeakable and full of glory as the writer had described it. You see, hope is a very essential and crucial part of the Christian, a crucial ingredient 
to a successful Christian life is the hope we have in the risen Christ. Not a hope we have that we wish this or a worldly I hope so, but a confidence and assurance that Jesus has risen and Jesus is with us and Jesus will work all things together for the good of them that love Him. Can you say amen? Paul writes it like this, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8. He tells us the importance that hope is if we're going to live a, a successful Christian life. But since we belong to the day, let's be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and hope, the hope of salvation as a helmet. We put on our minds this hope called salvation. And we face life thinking about the prize that is to come. The future promises, the future um, possessions, the beautiful inheritance that awaits the believer because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Our hope, our confident certainty of a beautiful future, a victorious future comes from the reality of Christ's resurrection. That's why the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says, If Christ be not risen that our faith is futile, our message is hollow, and we're to be pitied among most men. In fact, if Christ isn't risen and all we have is a philosophy for the now, Paul says we're, we're a mess of a people. But we have more than just something for today. We have more than just a ritual to go by today. We have a hope of eternal glory. We have a hope of ultimate victory. We have a hope that no matter what we go through today, the many dangers, toils, and snares, the, the, the shallow ways of life, the sorrow billows of life will not overtake take us, will not tear us down. For we have a hope in Christ that lifts us up. We have a certainty that Jesus is alive and the work He began in our lives. He's going to complete that work. Whatever we face, we rejoice for we serve a living Savior. Can you say amen? Oh, the hope we have in Christ. That great reformer, Martin Luther, that German priest and minister, leader of the Protestant Reformation, he endured some days of dark discouragement in his life. And one day his wife had enough of it. And she dressed in all black. She walked around the house as if she was in mourning. I should go into a funeral. And finally Martin asked her, he says, woman, who died? And she replied, I thought God had the way you've been acting. <laughs> you know, we don't have to go around like that, do we? Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because He lives, we know we never walk alone. Because He lives, that we might shed tears here and we might go through dark nights here. We know that's not the end of the story. We know our circumstances will not write the last page of our lives for our lives and our times are held securely in His hands. The one that has overcome is the one that will return and bring us to His side forever and forever and forevermore. The resurrection gives us a hope, a certainty of an assurance regardless of what we face. We know that's not the and awaits His victory, awaits His eternity, awaits His joy unspeakable, full of glory that God has for every one of His children. Are you one of them? The hope in Christ. Our hope. Bible hope is a confidence, not a wishful thinking. In worldly definitions, hope is I hope, so I wish, maybe... 
But that's not the Bible definition. The Bible definition of Christian's hope is a certainty. It's a confidence that is anchored in the future. It's a confidence because Christ has risen. We know ultimately we will rise with Him. Because Christ has overcome ultimately, we will overcome regardless of what we face in this hour, in this season of life. It's knowing Christ personally. It's having the certainty that Jesus has risen. He has triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. He has defeated death. He has thrown asunder the works of the evil one. Jesus has risen, but Jesus is also reigning. We don't celebrate just something wonderful that happened 2,000 years ago. We rejoice in the very present reality that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He rules and reigns forevermore, and the one that reigns on high is also the one that abides within. He never leaves us and He never forsakes us. He walks with me. He talks with me along life's narrow ways. It's my hope in the risen Savior that helps me to get up when life knocks me down. Helps me to praise Him when I feel the tears of sorrow that don't want to overtake my soul. It's because I know He lives. I know in the end everything is going to be alright. Tell your neighbor everything is going to be alright. He rose He rose, he rose, and because he rose, it's having that personal knowing that Jesus has risen, that Jesus is reigning. He's in control of your life and my life. Be at peace. Your God holds you in the hollow of his hand. It's knowing that he also presently abides with us, walking and talking, never leaving us, a wonderful counselor that never goes from our side. It's knowing that one day He shall return. The very Son of God that destroyed death and hell now lives within you and walks with you. I like the way Paul writes it in Colossians 1 and 27. He speaks about that hope. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches Of this mystery. Here it is. Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. The very fact that down deposit that we have. Of God's spirit that dwells within. Fosters a hope that knows it will end in glory. Now these two men as they walk along discouraged. Blinded by their own unbelief. Wondering what had happened. Sorrowful. Because they had set their hopes on Jesus, they had their faith in Christ, and now it seemed as if everything had toppled down. All of a sudden, in what appears to be a moment of their greatest despair, a mysterious stranger appears. It's beautiful how Jesus enters into our struggles. How Jesus draws near to our heartaches and our hardships. That when others walk out, Jesus abides. When it seems like no one else can help, Jesus is there. 
What a beautiful picture we have of this story. These men are at their hardest place of confusion. Their faith being violated. What they thought wasn't adding up. And here comes Jesus walking right next to them to console them and to counsel them and bring them out of their place of discouragement into a dynamic of hope and victory and rejoicing once again. It's good to know that whatever you're facing this morning, He's not far away distant. He draws near to those He loves. He enters into our struggle and gives us sufficient grace to take it day by day to know the healing balm of Gilead that can make the wounded heart whole, that can take the troubled mind and cause it to know peace once again. The beautiful truth that the Savior, He walks beside us in this journey of faith like a wonderful counselor, a beautiful burden bearer, a healer of our wounded hearts, a friend a helper and a guide. And whether you're going through a fiery furnace of faith, He is there. Whether you're facing this morning a dark and stormy night of the soul, He is there. Whether you're walking your own road called disappointment, He is there. And really recognizing The truth that Christ is with me and His grace is sufficient for me. That He's not dead. He's not a religious figure of 2,000 years ago. But He's a present living reality that loves me and is with me and His grace is for me. That gives me the hope that whatever I'm facing, and in this world we face the heartaches, in this world we face the struggles, but never alone, never alone, never in our own strength, never kept to our own demeanors, but Jesus Christ enters in and walks with us along this way. But because because these men had their eyes kind of dimmed by their unbelief, they failed to recognize the very presence. They forgot the promises. Didn't recognize the presence. They were walking in sorrow. Unable to discern the Savior, the living Savior, who was with them, who was near them. Whatever you're going through this morning, Jesus loves you and Jesus is with you. If you're serving Him, He's with you. He's there that you can lean on Him. He's there that you can weep your tears upon His shoulders. He's there that you can cast the care and the burden of the situation upon Him. Knowing that He cares for you. Knowing that He'll fight for you. Knowing that He'll counsel you if you need counsel. He'll heal you if you need healing. He'll console you if you need consolation. He is there because He's alive and He's a wonderful Savior. Can you say amen? This divine conversation turns into a divine confrontation as Jesus begins to ask Him, so what are you talking about? Kind of a little bit of humor in there. Amen? Haven't you heard? About what? About what? And Jesus is kind of drawing Him in there. You know, sometimes He asks you and I questions not because He doesn't know all the answers. He just wants us to admit some things and get some things out. Sometimes it's good to talk to the Lord and get some things out. And he's doing that. But because they had failed to believe he was alive, they didn't believe the promises that Jesus said, I'm going to rise. They didn't believe the witness of the ladies. He's gone. The angel said he's alive. Because of that, they lost hope. When we forget he's a living Savior, that he's a right now God, that he gives us the victory, It's easy to lose hope. But oh, one of the greatest assets we have 
to live a victorious Christian life is the hope we have in a risen, living, forever abiding Christ. Now see, these men didn't understand that Jesus had to go to the cross. He had to shed His blood. Then, rise again. They didn't understand that the first time He came was to redeem us and to reconcile us. They did not understand that there's first the suffering, then the glory. First the cross, then the crown. You see, Jesus had to come and die as that spotless lamb because I was guilty and so were you. In fact, the Bible is very clear that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, that all are guilty before a holy God. And there's nothing we can do in ourselves to wipe out the stain of our sin. We're guilty and unable to cleanse ourselves. But God did for you and I what we could never do for ourselves. He sent His Son to die on a cross, to shed His blood, to take our punishment, to take our guilt and shame upon Himself and shed His blood so that in Jesus, in Jesus alone, we can know forgiveness, we can know pardon, we can know what it is to have the holy, holy, holy God say your sins and your wicked deeds, I remember no more. Do you have that hope? Do you have that certainty? Do you have that assurance that regardless of what you've ever done, it is washed completely in the blood of Jesus and God has thrown your sins as far as the east is from the west? If you don't have that hope, make sure you have it before you leave today. As Jesus begins to speak to these men, He gives them, I mean, it's powerful there. He begins to open up the Scripture. And he starts from the beginning and begins to talk about himself throughout that Word of God. Jesus begins to speak to them. He gives them the greatest Bible study that anyone could ever imagine. Think about that for a moment. He opened up the greatest themes. The greatest teacher explaining the greatest themes from the greatest book. He opened the Scripture to them. Then he opened their eyes so they might see. He awakened their faith and then He restored their hope. Oh, what a Savior we have in Christ. You see, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus is the most important truth of Christian doctrine. Without it, nothing else matters. Without it, nothing else is sure. I mean, it it declares that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is God. It's the deity of Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. It declares that His sacrifice was accepted. God approved. If He didn't raise from the dead, who would know? Maybe He was lying about everything else. Maybe the cross really wasn't. But it delivered. It declares His sacrifice was accepted. The resurrection declares that Jesus has conquered death. And He said, because He lives, you and I can live also. But beyond that, what we want to focus on our short time together The resurrection also gives an unshakable hope to us who believe and who have really met the risen Christ. Not talking about becoming religious. Not talking about just believing some ritual. Talking about personally knowing the one that rose again and lives forevermore. It's in that personal relationship with Christ that gives a man or a woman hope confident assurance in the future that victory awaits in the future 
those that enjoy that personal walk with the very one who defeated death and lives forevermore, more than just a theology, more than just um, what philosophy could ever do, um, those rich in faith are those who know the risen Christ, have more than a hope so or a wishful thinking, but have a no-so in their hearts and walk with that no-so. A no-so that gives them inspiration and continues on with an assurance. It is something that is imparted within when you know that Jesus is alive. A dynamic called hope is something that blooms from your innermost being. It flows from the relationship. Bible hope. One of the greatest gifts you and I could ever have. It depends and is established on the resurrection of Christ. And Jesus, of course, is our hope. If you would, 1 Timothy 1 and 1. 1 Timothy 1 and 1. It says, Jesus, Paul an apostle, by the command of God our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. Our hope is Christ Jesus. Our hope is in Him. Other things can fall away, but He remains. Other things can disappoint, but Jesus abides. Other things will someday fade away, but Christ is there. And again, we said it's knowing He has risen. Knowing that He is reigning. Knowing that He presently abides and knowing that He's soon returning. That it won't always be like this. If you're going through the struggle, it won't always be like this. Christ is coming and you're hoping Christ should fuel your faith to get up and keep marching. To get up and keep singing. That's why for believers we can get around the deathbed of a loved one that knows the Lord. And through the tears we can also sing praises because there's a hope that looks beyond the grave and beyond the present circumstance. It's the believer that can have the world crash around them. But they can still stand up in the midst of the rubble and have a hope that says, I'm going to walk on. I'm going to live again. I'm going to dream again. I'm going to sing again because God is with me. And He's a restorer. And He's a rebuilder. It's our hope that fuels us and keeps us marching when others fade away and others will. Yet we have something that knows. The half has never yet been told. And this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. And God has prepared a place for us. And we're heading there. Can you say amen? Living hope. A living hope. Dr. Joe Stowell, he was president of Moody Bible School for, for a while. He tells a cute story, a true story, about the hope, the blessed hope that believers have. How it affects them. How it moves them. Dr. Stowell told a Story about the problem, the problem at the Shepherd's Home. The Shepherd's Home is an institution in Union Grove, Wisconsin, that was established to provide loving care for mentally impaired children. And many of the children have been nurtured at that Christian home lovingly and kindly through the years. Many have also come to know Christ as their Savior. And they have also learned about the soon return of Christ and the hope, the blessed hope of the believer. This is a teaching that the school and the children at the shepherd's home have taken very seriously. And that's the problem. Each day the children run to the window to see if this is the day that Jesus will return. And they just can't keep the windows clean. <laughs> I said, oh, for a return of such childlike faith. Oh, for such a hope in our hearts about tomorrow that will transform and affect my life and behavior today. The hope we have in Christ. The believer's hope is a living hope. First Peter 1 and 3 said it like this. 
Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in His great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. For the believer, our hope is a living hope. Because it's grounded in the living Word of God and it's made possible by the living Son of God who rose from the dead and now abides within us. It's a living hope that enables us to go through things and continue on with faith. It gives us a strength that endures and perseveres. False hopes in this life fade away. Irrational hopes dissolve. Temporal hopes, they weaken with time. Like the one man said, nothing gives you more false hope than the first day of a diet. I didn't write it, but I could have. Amen. But the hope we have in Christ, it's not temporal, it's eternal. It won't wilt with time, it gets stronger with time. It gets more certain with time. It increases with time. The expectation, the longing for Him accelerates as we walk with Him. And this living hope that we have in Christ also gives us an anchor that holds us firmly, not to this world, but the world that is to come. Look at Hebrews 6 and 19. We have this hope. Our hope in Christ, our confidence. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Firm. Secure. It enters. It enters heaven. It enters heaven. It's not holding us here. It's keeping us firmly held, connected to God. And regardless of the waves and regardless of the storms that face us, we are connected and we will not break loose. Like an anchor holding a ship safely to its position, our hope in Christ guarantees our ultimate safety and victory and the power of our hope is of greatest importance, and that power only comes from knowing the risen Christ personally and walking with Him powerfully and intimately. You see, this journey of faith can lead us down some paths that are unknown and unchartable. So many things we face, uncontrollable, but our hope in Jesus Christ functions like a divine anchor. Storms of disappointment try to knock us off course. But the anchor holds. Thank God the anchor holds. Painful trials will war against our soul, making us want to just give up or turn back. But the anchor holds. And the God we serve won't let go of those He loves. My hope is firmly placed in the risen, reigning Son of God. And I know this. He will never let go of me. Can you say amen? The resurrection in our hope. Knowing that Jesus Christ is alive. Knowing Him personally. Knowing that He rules and reigns. And knowing that He dwells within the believer. Gives us a hope. We know the best is yet to come. We know that whatever we face here, we can get through it. We can have His grace to endure it. And we know whatever happens here is not the end of the story. Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and I'm going to receive you. He says, so don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Have hope in God. Have hope in me. That not only have I defeated death, but I am holding firmly unto your life. And if you'll walk with me and you'll trust in me, 
You'll never face anything that you cannot endure. You'll never face anything that I will not give you the grace and the strength to go through. Know that I'm with you and know that I'm for you. And have the hope that the best is yet to come. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. The hope of heaven. Knowing there's coming a day. We'll be free from the pain and the sometimes just the ugliness of this present world. We'll be delivered from these things and we'll be with Christ forevermore. A place of no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more pain. It's a real place, but only those that have their hope in Christ will be there. Do you have a hope? The hope of heaven this morning. And the hope of a certainty. That we will be united together again with our loved ones that knew Christ and have gone before us. You know, the only way you'll see them again is if you're saved. The only way you'll see that baby again is if your heart's right with Christ and you've walked with Christ. You know, as a young preacher, you get challenges. As just a young preacher, you have to do babies' funerals. Hardest thing you can imagine. Especially when you're just in the 20s yourself, you feel like a baby. But I remember the one thing you do, you love these kids. They don't know God. Just kids, you know. You do a funeral. But the one thing you met them know, this little one's in the arms of Jesus. But if you want to see her again, you better walk with Jesus. Heaven is a beautiful place. Heaven is a precious place. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is an exclusive place. Not everybody gets to go. Only those that have their hope in Jesus Christ. Only those that have personally given their lives to Jesus Christ. So I ask you this morning, do you have that hope? Have you put your faith in Christ personally? And are you serving Him presently? Do you walk with Him publicly? then you have that hope. If you're not sure, then before we leave today, you're invited to come and know Jesus personally and have the hope of salvation and have that hope that only Christ can give. And maybe you're here today and you're a believer and you've been going through it and maybe your hope is beginning to wear a bit. Maybe the storms and the the, the billows, the waves of the trial are beginning to erode some of the hope you had and you're feeling a little weak in your faith and I want to encourage you that Jesus wants to remind you of His promise to your life and He wants to remind you of His power and His presence that's with you and He wants to encourage your heart today. If you're weary, come and get a fresh filling today so you can get back in there with the strength of the redeemed. Now we're going to pray and our final prayer, sing our final song. But as we sing, we're going to open the altars. And I want to invite you. If you need prayer, I want you to come. Please come. It would be our privilege to pray with you. But the most important thing is, do you know Jesus? Not just about Him, but you know Him personally. Have you given Him your life? Have you put your faith in what He did on that cross and how He rose again? If you're not sure about the condition of your soul, I ask you, please come down. 
Let someone pray with you. Let someone talk with you. So you can leave with the Bible hope. Not a wishful thinking, but an assurance. I'm saved. My sins are forgiven. I belong to Jesus. My anchor will hold me firm. Maybe some others are here today and you love God and you've just been going through it. And maybe sometimes you're feeling a little weary through the battle and through the buffeting. Well, I encourage you, come on down and let someone just pray a prayer of encouragement with you. That you might be reminded of God's power and God's promises in your life. Because whatever you're facing, you don't face it alone. He has risen and He's with you. He has risen and He's for you. And I want you to be reminded of that and encouraged by that this morning. Would you stand with me, please, as we pray our final prayer? The resurrection in our hope. Because Jesus really did rise from the dead, and He presently is alive, ruling and reigning, we have a hope for today and a hope for eternity. We pray, Father God, we thank You For the hope we have in Jesus. Not a wishful thinking, but a confident assurance that He is Lord and He is with us. The future is glorious for the Christian. And oh God, that inspires us and strengthens us right now. Now Father, I pray if there's anyone here today that's been losing hope. Lord, let them be reminded of how much you love them. Let them be reminded of all you did for them through your Son, the Lord Jesus. Let them be reminded of your presence and your power and your promises to lead them on. Father God, we love you. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you you died on that cross. Help us to never ignore it or neglect it. Help us to respond faithfully to it with thankful hearts, with faithful and obedient hearts. Now, Father, bless this altar time. Let weary hearts be made strong. Let hurting bodies receive healing. And may those that don't really have that personal, sincere hope of eternity come and meet Jesus so they'll have it forever. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Sing this song one time through. If you need prayer, please come, please come, and God will touch your life. My hope is on nothing less than Jesus.